everybody doing today? Good? Hey, Ken. I was hoping nobody would bring that up today. Yes, I was sad. Michigan lost. And uh, I know I have a few other Michigan fans that are sad as well. But God is still good. And MSU fans are happy, so I'm happy for you. But I told Tom, I'm like, don't do it, Tom. Don't even look at me today. Just look that way. <laughs> Uh, hey, happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys are doing some, passing out good candy, so they know the Christian family on the street passes out the good candy. Don't be giving out, like, uh, you know, the taffy or something that's, like, wrapped up. Yeah, just get what? Yeah, don't give out pencils. Although a couple years ago, I did give out toothbrushes, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, they get a ton of candy. But how many people get a toothbrush? Shoot, my kids liked it. Um, hey, we are in a prayer series called, what is it called? If you don't know, it's called Audacious Prayer. And really audacious prayers, and we've been in this prayer series for a while because we want to be better at praying as a people. We want to, like, up our prayer game. And it's like, if you want to get stronger, what do you do? You go to, uh... Anytime fitness and you lift some weights and you become stronger over time. If you want to become better at praying, what do you do? You pray. You get around people that pray. You join a missional community and you pray there. And, and if you know of somebody in the church that prays, like we have a prayer meeting that meets at 9.15. You can come to that every Sunday morning and just pray with us. If you really are, think that you're bad at praying, you know what you could say is like, Lord, teach me to pray. And just pray that prayer over and over again. And then, hey, you do that for an hour, and you say, I just prayed for an hour. I'm getting pretty good at this. <laughs> Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. That is a prayer that God will most certainly answer, and he will not let you down on that prayer. Amen? Like, God, teach me to pray. If our prayers can move mountains, I want to do that. If our prayers could heal people, I want to do that. If our prayers could, you know, whatever, I want to be better at praying. And if you just struggle with believing. What was the prayer of the first week? Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith, like the disciples prayed. That was our first audacious prayer. And last week, Michael, his audacious prayer was what? Do you guys remember? Send me. Send me. I want to be sent. That may not mean that you're going to go to, like, Africa as a missionary or go with the church plant, but it might mean that God might send you to your neighbor across the street to invite him over for some cider tonight, you know, while the kids are out trick-or-treating. And it's like, send me, God. Who am I sent to? What am I sent to? So those are all good. And today we're going to learn the third audacious prayer, and you'll get it in a second. But I want to start by asking you, like, anybody here have taken the Enneagram? Raise your hand. Okay, good. I'm glad, because I, I tried to take it one time, and I, I spent like a half hour on the Enneagram test. And I got to the very end, and they're like, you got to put in your credit card and pay like five bucks. And I said, forget this. Uh, but so many people, like this church doesn't seem like a big Enneagram church, all right? That's fine. God bless you. I'm not either. Maybe that's because I'm not, and you guys aren't. Who knows? But the Enneagram, like, have you ever met an Enneagram person? Like, everything is an Enneagram. Like, oh, are you a five? Oh, she's a six. She's a seven. He's, like, everybody's a number. I'm like, don't put me in a box, all right? I don't want to be put in a box. <laughs> Then some of y'all think it's demonic, like there's some number there, like if you're number six, it's like that's not good. Um, but those are tests, and those are to get an understanding. And really all these tests 
are somewhat called self-awareness tests. So you take the Enneagram or you take another personality profile test and you learn about yourself, right? Like you take this, and how many people like that stuff? It's kind of cool. When you were a kid, like you maybe had like 17 Magazine, Amanda. Like maybe as a, you didn't have 17 Magazine? Okay, maybe some of y'all did. And you said, okay, you take a test like what Star Wars character am I? You answer like 10 questions. And you're like, oh, I'm Princess Leia. I, I, I think I knew that, you know. But it's about like self-awareness stuff. Self-awareness, like knowing ourself. And really the Enneagram or stuff like that is for you to know yourself. Because some of us don't have self-awareness. Or we don't know ourselves. And that's, I think, a big deal. Like, we want to know ourselves. We want to know um, more about us. Many times our spouses know us better than us. You know what I mean? Like they say, if you take the Enneagram test or you take one of those personality tests... Like, have your spouse with you, because sometimes we lie about ourselves just because we don't know ourselves that well. <laughs> like, you know, we just know things. Like, the question is, is like, are you a cheerful person in the morning? Yeah, I think I'm a cheerful person in the morning. What do you think, honey? No, you're a grumpy jerk. <laughs> like, oh, am I grumpy in the morning? Yes, you're grumpy. Am I a good listener? One to ten. I think I'm a ten. Ask my wife. She thinks I'm a six. You know what I mean? What? I think I'm a great listener. Um, and that's why, like, discipleship in the church is so important. That's why missional communities in the church are so important. Because if you're in a missional community, you're with other believers, and you guys should know each other, right? Like, the goal is to know each other. And I know a lot of churches don't like that. Like, they keep church on the surface. They keep their small groups on the surface. And they don't want to, like, grow deeper. But honestly, if you're going to grow as a believer, you got to have some solid Christian friends that you know, like, know well, right? Like, I want to know you. Like, on Sunday, it's sort of like, hi, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Michigan won or lost. Good. I wish they won. You know, whatever. But I don't know you. And whoever your, like, best friends are, you should know them really well. Like, guys, you should know if your best friend is a boxer's guy or a breeze guy. You should just know that stuff. You're like, whoa, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of my good friends, you know, like, last weekend I was on vacation. I was up north with a lifelong family friend. You know, I might see him, like, walking from the bathroom to his bedroom, and I know that he's a boxer or a brief guy. You know, it's just the way it is. Because we know each other well. We should know what our friend's favorite sitcom is. We should know these things. We should know what they struggle with. And you should be able to tell them those things. And we need a friend sometimes to call out the flaws in ourselves, right? Because oftentimes we don't see the flaws in ourselves, right? We don't see flaws in ourselves. That's why we need people to encourage us or tell us. That's why, you know, that's why American Idol was so funny back in the day. Because you had a bunch of people that thought they could sing. And nobody had the heart to tell them that they sucked. Right? <laughs> Their mama said that they were the best singer in the world until they went in front of Simon Cowell. And he said that was the worst thing he's ever heard. <laughs> because we look at ourselves with rose-colored glasses, don't we? We look at ourselves with rose-colored glasses. Dudes be flexing in the mirror thinking they're Arnold Schwarzenegger when they're really skinny or overweight. You know what I mean? Like, they just think they're jacked out of their mind. Um, but that brings me to one of my first main points of today, is this. 
God knows me better than I know myself. If you're taking notes, write that down. And we'll get more journals for you in the back, too. If you don't have a journal, you should grab one. God knows me better than I know myself. This is very, very important. And if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, David talks about this very topic in the book of Psalms. 139, verses 1 through 6. If you don't have your Bibles, look up at the screens. It says this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know me when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Let me pray for us real quick as we get started. God, I thank you so much that you know us so well. Lord, you know our comings and goings. Um, You've already searched us. You know our thoughts that we're going to have next week that we don't even know yet. Lord, you know what we're going to say tomorrow. You know every word that we're going to speak the rest of our lives. And you love us. You know us so good, Lord. And God, show us what we don't know about ourselves. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? So, everybody turn to the person next to you and say, God knows me better than I know myself. Okay. Good. In, in verse 6, David says this. Um, can you put that verse back real quick? Um, uh, such knowledge is too wonderful for me uh, and too lofty for me to attain. What knowledge is that? What do you guys think that knowledge is that's too wonderful for me? Too lofty. Really, it's um, talking about self-knowledge. Like the knowledge about myself is really like too lofty for me to just know on my own. Like, unless you supernaturally reveal it to me, I won't know myself, God, as good as you do. Um, And we probably never will know ourselves as good as God knows us unless he reveals it to us. Um, So David is saying, you know me so well. You know the words I'm going to say today and tomorrow. You know my thoughts even before I say them. And I think this should be comforting. Like, is this comforting to you to know that God knows you better than you know yourself? You guys find this comforting? Okay. Here's the thing I want to tell you, and this is my second point. You cannot surprise God. Like, you cannot surprise God, right? Like, nothing you do can surprise God. And this should be so comforting to us because I think sometimes in life we screw up and we feel like, man, God, this probably hit you out in left field, what I just did today. And God's like, no, actually, I knew this a long time ago. You're just knowing what you did today. But I knew that you were going to do it a long time ago. So nothing you can do can surprise God. And why this is so comforting is because the sin that we committed last night, we feel like God is appalled by this revelation, but God knew this before he saved you. And he still saved you. Amen? So if you're like, God, I bet you're so shocked to find out what I did yesterday. And God's like, I knew that before you were even born. And I still saved you. Or sometimes we think, I sinned today. God's going to punish me for what I did today. 
It's like God would have punished you like four years ago because he knew what you were going to do today. <laughs> and it's like you can't surprise God. Nothing we can do can surprise God. God knew about your sin you committed a long time ago, and his grace is still sufficient. Um, so with this, all this information that God knows us so well, like every thought before we think them, he knows me better than I know myself, and David prays this audacious prayer. And he prays this audacious prayer, and he says this, after all this stuff. He says, Lord, search me. Like, search me, O God, and in the King James Version says, and see if there's any wicked way within me. And so I'm going to read the NIV, and Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24 says this. So it's like we're going to skip down towards the bottom of Psalm 139, and it says this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Like, this is the audacious prayer for this week is search me, O God, right? So if you're taking notes, the third audacious prayer is search me, O God. And why is this so audacious? Is because knowing ourselves and knowing like who we are before God, knowing our sin, knowing our purpose, knowing our calling, knowing our strength, knowing our mission is like critical for the rest of our lives. And so we say, search me, O God, search me, O God. See if there's any offensive way within me. It's, it's very important that we, that we pray this audacious prayer. So when you say, God, search me, you are not giving God permission to search you. Like, hey, God, I give you permission to search me. Have your way. Because it already said in verses 1 through 6 that God has already searched you. Right? God already knows you. He already knows your thoughts. He already knows your words. So you're really not giving God permission to search you. He's already searched you. You are asking him to search you and to reveal to you what he finds. Right? You guys tracking with me? So he's not saying, hey God, search me. It's like you're saying, God, look at me, search me inside and out, and reveal what you find to me. Because I really want to know. I really want to know what you find. And that is an audacious prayer. Right? Do you really want to know that information? Some of you won't pray that prayer, and I fully realize that. I'm an optimist, but I'm not that big of an optimist. Some of you are like, I don't want to know what God finds. Right? I don't want to know what God finds. And it's like this, like, there's truth out there that we just best not want to know because we don't want to know the truth. You can't handle the truth. You guys don't know that movie, right? Or at least seen the meme. Uh, Jack Nicholson, I believe. A few good men. Um, that's why so many of us, like there's some truth that we don't want to know because if we know it, it's just going to like break us so we just bury our head in the sand. We don't want to know, right? Here's a good example. After like the Christmas season and you spent way too much money and you racked up, like, credit card debt, possibly, it's like you don't even want to open the credit card bill this month. You don't want to go online and look at how much you owe. People do this. They chuck the bill in the trash. Don't even want to look at it. Chucking it in the trash doesn't change the truth. It just keeps you from knowing the truth. 
So God knows all this information about you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your sin. He knows your purpose, knows your calling, knows everything about you. And all we're saying is, God, tell me what it is. And we can't bury our head in the sand and say, I don't want to know. Like, we want to know these things. It can't be like your credit card debt or your basement inspection that you know is horrible, so you don't even want to look at it. Like, you, it's like you want to know. You say, we're asking God to search us. Again, you're not giving him permission. You're just asking him to reveal to you what he finds. Are you ready for that truth? The search me, O God, and know my heart is a prayer of a man or woman who recognizes that he or she doesn't know herself. Like, we could recognize that I don't know myself that well. Maybe you have some habits in your life that are so displeasing to God, but you don't even realize it. And you're saying, God, tell me what that is so I cannot do it. God, if there's any offensive way, tell me. I'll stop it, I promise. You want me to quit this? I'll quit it. You want me to stop doing this? I'll stop doing this. If I'm supposed to be reaching this person, I'll reach this person. But God, tell me so I can change. And search me, oh God, as a prayer of a man and woman who wants to change. And you're not comfortable with staying the way you've been. Right? Like, I'm not comfortable with staying how I've been. I want to change. And so you've got to want to change yourself before you pray that prayer. And so when we pray, Lord, search me, um, we are asking God to reveal about ourselves. And here are some things that he'll reveal about ourselves. Um, there's a, I wrote down three things, there could be more, of some things that God might reveal to you. The first is obvious, is, is our sin, or weaknesses, or places where we're prone to temptation, places where we're missing the mark, is our sin. And again, in the King James Version of Psalm 139, it says, see if there's any wicked way in me. Like, search me, God. Is there anything wicked about me? God's like, yeah, there is. There's that thing, and I want you to stop. And you're like, I'm sorry, God. I'm stopping. I don't know how God will reveal it to you. He might reveal it in a week or two. He might reveal it through his word. Like, you might open up your word to do your devotions, and you say, bam, it, it, bam, it hits you like a ton of bricks. I shouldn't be doing this. A Christian might tell you, hey, like, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, you should stop this. Your life is on a bad trajectory. And you say, wow, I need to stop this. God revealed it to me in different ways. So he might reveal your sin. Shows maybe we're blind to some things. Maybe we're callous to some things. Um, and so, like, when we confess our sin to God, like, we're not telling God what we did. Like, if you confess your sin to your spouse— like, let's say you sinned against your spouse or you sinned against a friend. You confess it to them and you reveal it to them so they know. And then they can forgive you. When we confess our sin to God, God already knows our sin, right? So why are we telling God? Why are we telling God? Who knows? What's that? Yeah, our posture, did you say? Yeah. Repentance, yes. So when we confess our sin to God, we are telling God what we did he already knows. But we are saying, I'm repenting of this, and I'm sorry, God. And repenting means I'm going a different direction. God, I did this, I confess it, and I'm not going to do it again. And so I'm sorry. Like, it's like we're broken about our sin. We're repenting our sin of our sin. We're confessing our sin. We're just like telling God we're sorry. 
and we're not going to do it again. And that is super important. God wants the people of God to be holy people. He wants us to be righteous people. He wants us to live blameless before him. He's willing and just to forgive us of all of our sins, but we have to bring it up and then confess it. And it should humble us. It should humble us and bring us down. It's like you love God so much that you don't want any wicked way within us, right? I don't want any wicked thing in me. Like, I, show me, God. Show me. So I want you guys to pray this prayer this week, this audacious prayer. Search me, oh God. Okay, the second thing is our spiritual gifts. Like, we should ask God to search us and reveal to us what our spiritual gifts are. Where do you want me to serve? Who can I help? What, like, what are my spiritual gifts? Because each and every one of you, if you have the Holy Spirit, you are gifted with some spiritual gift. Maybe you're gifted with hospitality, where you like to have people over, you like to entertain people, you like to care for people, you like to do that. Maybe, you're, maybe you have the gift of service, where you're just like, hey, I'll do whatever you guys want. I'd like to work behind the scenes. Maybe you have the gift of teaching, and God wants you to teach. Like, whatever that is, like, reveal to me, God, what you know about me that I don't even know about myself. And so what I'm saying here is this doesn't all have to be like wicked ways. Like we should want to know what our spiritual gifts are and we should want to use our spiritual gifts in the church. And I'm not saying like in church on Sunday morning alone, like that's part of it. Like there's dudes back there working security that are using their spiritual gifts of shepherding and protecting the church, right? They're back there right there watching the doors. In case anything crazy happens, they're ready to go. They're doing that because they're using their spiritual gifts of servitude, of shepherding, that they care about this flock and they're going to watch over it, right? Like, that's a spiritual gift. Um, Y'all, everybody here should be serving somewhere. On Sunday morning, maybe at a missional community, maybe at somewhere in the community, but we should all be using what God has gifted us with. God gave Jalyn and Mariah beautiful voices. They're, they're helping lead us into worship, Right? Um, they're using those gifts for the kingdom. Um, whatever that is, guys, um, we should be wanting to know that. Um, number three is our purpose and calling, our mission. Um, and really, number three is like who we are called to reach. And I'm specifically saying this one because if you are here and you're a missional community leader, you went through like the missional community leader like cohort that we did, or you went through some sort of training, we talked about this. Um, we asked our missional community leaders to pray this prayer. And it's similar to Search Me, O Lord. It's, who are you calling me to reach? Like, who are you calling me to reach? This is very important because we want the missional communities to be led by disciple-making leaders who are called to reach people at J-Road or in our communities. And so we didn't say, like, in the past when we filled out our missional communities, we did everybody sign up. And we'll just sparse you off to whoever, and wherever you land is where you land, and God used that. That's good. What we really do now is, who is God calling you to reach, leader? And they pray about it. They invite them in. And, like, so that's how, if you, you know, if somebody said, hey, would you be in my missional community? That's because God brought you to their attention for whatever reason, because they love you. And God's called you to reach them. Um, and this is a very important prayer. Because when you pray this, God might say, you know, Bill, I want you to reach your coworker. I want you to pray for them, and I want you to share the gospel with them sometime next week. I want you to invite them out to coffee. 
or, you know, the Smiths, tonight's Halloween, we know your neighbors aren't doing nothing, invite them over for, you know, like a bonfire after trick-or-treating and get to know them. You are called to reach them. And I believe each one of us are called to reach somebody. Amen? Like, we're all called to reach somebody. Whether you are in a neighborhood, some of you aren't in a neighborhood like me. Maybe you live out in a field. Well, you're part of a work group. You have family who don't know Jesus or who are maybe not following Jesus. You have, maybe you're in Taekwondo and you're called to reach all those people. Maybe your kids are in soccer and you spend the whole day with soccer dads and moms. God is calling you to reach somebody. And it's saying, God, who are you calling me to reach? Super, super important prayer. Because when we do that, when we pray about our sin, when we pray about our spiritual gifts, when we pray who are we called to reach, we have to do something with that knowledge God gives us. Right? We can't say, God, who are you calling me to reach? He's like, reach your next-door neighbor. You're like, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> they cuss a lot. They voted for somebody I didn't like, and they're mean. And God's like, I don't care who they voted for or who you voted for. I want you to reach them. Um, and then we got to do that. God shows you your sin. Confess it. Repent of it. Get a game plan to get out of it. If you're addicted, get a helper to help you get out of it. Um, but God is asking our missional communities to reach people. He's asking you guys to reach people and to pray about it and say, who am I called to reach? So my question to you is, do you want to know yourself? Do you want God to search you and to reveal about yourself? Um, if you are, I want you to pray. You can put up that last audacious prayer or go back a verse, Bruce. Um, a back a slide, I should say. Is this what I want you guys to pray? Is search me, O oh God. If there's anything about me you want me to change, I'll change it. Does anybody you want me to reach, I'll reach it. If there's any, you know, gift you want me to use, show me what that is. And God will answer this prayer. Amen? This is a prayer God is going to answer. The other prayer God's going to answer is, Lord, help me become better at praying. God will answer that prayer. <laughs> God will always say yes to that prayer. God will always say yes to this prayer if we pray it in faith and we really want to make a change in our life. So my encouragement to you is pray this prayer. Um, what we do is we have like five minutes before 11. Um, Bruce, you can put on a little bit of music for like five minutes. I just want you guys to pray on your own and just do business with God. Whatever you want to pray, pray. You could pray the audacious prayer from this week. You could just, whatever God is calling you to pray for, I want us to take time to pray on our own for five minutes. So take a deep breath and just close your eyes and pray. <laughs> 